0: blessed to be uh, speaking with Mark Warack. Uh, he is a graduate of the Virginia Military Institute. Uh, same here of me and Martin. He graduated with a much smarter degree than both of us. Uh, we 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 have science majors, but he graduated with a civil engineering uh, degree. So, and you, you know what? He's also in the Air Force. So, uh, thank you for your service. Oh, I appreciate it. Appreciate um, the support. <laughs> we, we love our troops, but we have some um, we have some quick questions. Um, so we understand that the Air Force is also known as the the chair force. So can you go into can you go into detail? What does the chair force mean? Um,
1: yeah. So uh, when you commission in the Air Force, uh, they take you to your furniture store and you kind of pick through what chair fits you best. <laughs> uh, lumbar support is probably the most important thing um, that you have to get as an officer. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's. Most people see the Air Forces, you're either behind a desk or in a, in a seat flying, so. So, <laughs> so. so,
0: so you're, like, you're going to be, like, the one who drops the bomb, right, on Kim Jong-un. So, can we can we come along? Can we be your, like, wingman?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, they're, uh, they're actually selling tickets soon.
0: Um, oh, like sweet. Kim Jong-un bombing.
2: So, so we got to get in that line immediately. Uh, it's like Super Bowl tickets. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we um, get you on know, your plane? Can we risk? Re- you guys'
1: names. <laughs> see what I can do, but. Yeah. <laughs>
2: God. All right. So we definitely have tickets to fly with Mark whenever we want. That's what I'm getting from this conversation. That's awesome.
0: Uh, let's do a little back. Let's do a little background as well. Uh, we know Mark. We went. Uh, we graduated in the same class as him at VMI. Uh, we also we also played club soccer, and you know I was really bad, but Mark um, this. Mark, how tall are you? You're like what, six one? You're how tall?
1: Uh, six four and a half. Six, six, four, six four, and
0: four and a
2: half. Kevin, you were way I, off.
0: I Jesus, fuck me. Um, and uh, one of my favorite memories is we had a charity event, and you were screaming in a Scottish accent. Can you can you do a Scottish accent for us real quick? Well, I could do a Scottish
1: accent as long <laughs> as you want me to, mate.
0: <laughs> I remember my grandfather was like, "Who's that tall ginger?" We're both gingers. Can I can I use that? Is that I dropped a hard yeah. G. I, I dropped a hard yeah. G. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's fine. It's okay. Uh, uh, okay. Just don't let Martin say it.
0: Okay, all right, okay, so yeah. it's
2: only gingers can say it? Yeah. That's, that's across that was... all boards? All right. Yeah, that's, that's the only way. <laughs> can I say gingers? No, n- no. Yeah, you say
0: ginger, but just not ginger. Or ginger. <laughs> all right. <You're> ginger <laughs> all right, that's,
2: sign that's sign what I, I wanted G's. to make sure.
0: But don't drop a hard G.
2: Um, no hard G. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, um, Soft G right, is only here. All right, so, so we're a soccer podcast. Yeah. Um, we um we appreciate you. that We, we can make Mark an, like, an, an official lad. We'll, we'll make him an official lad. There it goes. Yeah, um, Unofficial lad.
2: Unofficially the official lad of the lads. But because we are a soccer podcast, we probably should ask some soccer questions. And Mark, I know you're a Manchester United fan like me. It's Absolutely. been a shit week for us. But I want to know, how did you become a United fan? I somehow have no idea. So, um, so I was one of those guys that I just watched
1: random games when I first started watching soccer. And I'd follow those players back to their club. And uh, so the guy who really got me into soccer, professional soccer, was Ronaldinho. Uh, So I loved traditional Brazil. And then I went back to Barcelona and just didn't really care for Barcelona all that much. Um, And then I started to see the likes of like Wayne Rooney, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes. And then I loved David Beckham's assist, but at the time I was following him, he was at Real Madrid. So I looked into David Beckham, saw Man United, started watching videos on the old Man United. And I was like, dude, this club's awesome. Let's see what they do <laughs> Shit, now. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I watched them then, and that was, you know, now you start rolling into Cristiano Ronaldo era. And when Rooney was in his prime and when they were just scary, you know, Ferdinand and Vidic holding the back. Yeah. Um, um, would and you... Van der Sar in goal.
0: Would you say that the 08 uh, Man United is the greatest Premier? We had this talk on our last podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I was I was sitting there and almost debating with y'all the whole time we were talking <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, it is really a really good question. Um, my my answer is I think the '99 treble winners is the best, um, just because they they were built up together. Where I felt like that Man United team of 08 was half built and half bought. You know, and so I, I liked. I like the I don't know. They, they weren't expected to be as good as they were. You know, at, at 08, everyone was like, all right, here comes Man United. They kind of had that fear factor. Yeah. Um, but in the 99 year, they're like, oh, it's a bunch of young kids. I mean, they were all Skulls, Becks, Giggs. They were all like 24, 25. So they're still relatively young and no one thought they were going to be good enough to win as much as they did um so they really had to prove it throughout the year and 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 overcome you know late late wins so i i don't know i think they're the best and also the most entertaining yeah
2: and i was saying on the pod i totally agree i think the 99 team as a whole is the best ever but the players on the 08 team were better and they were brought in and oh, that was yeah. kind of the end of an era but because you're such a huge fan of this old club and these club or these uh players that kind of grew up with the club this kind of gets into another thing kevin and i always talk about always argue about how do you feel about the modern transfer days how dude yeah so all right you I, go you go you know where i'm going yeah. so i've had this talk and once again
1: this goes back to i get frustrated because i'll talk about this people and they don't know anything about soccer so it's just falling on deaf ears but <laughs> um I had this whole thing and I kind of call it the death of the classic footballer. So yes, when you look back, like at these teams and a lot of these guys are retiring now, you know, the Tati gig skulls, Philip Lom, Lampard, Gerrard, like these guys, it, they didn't care what was on the paycheck. They cared about where the club was on the table. And so you felt like you got a lot of these players that they, they played for the team. They didn't care if they were the center of the attention or what have you they just wanted to see manchester united at the top they want to see liverpool do well they want to see chelsea do well like these guys cared about their clubs
0: arsenal as now, well <laughs> uh, it's, no it's fine mark no it's
1: just fine. throw
2: that in there Kevin. i mean
1: arsenal is just really good at fourth uh, <laughs> oh, but, classic classic arsenal joke um, yeah i had to throw out there but uh, but i mean uh, but i mean i think that's a good example is is well and this is a whole nother rant I'll go into, I'll, so I'll leave that out of there. But what I was saying is, you you had all these classic players that really cared about the club and country and what have you. And nowadays, I feel like it's all these players that care about the individual status, like how you know the 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 the, the flair of the individual and not what the team's doing. And it, and it pisses me off because I just watch all these guys that should be a team player and then. They're all worried about what they look as an individual, and they don't care what club they're on. As long as they're the front, I mean that's that's why I'm still not a fan of Neymar. I think mean, that's part of why he left Barcelona, dude. He, if he stayed at Barcelona, they could have ran the show, yeah. Slowly getting that team better, but he didn't like being a messy shadow, so he left and goes to PSG to be the superstar there. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's very individualistic now, and no longer the classic just nitty gritty fight to the end soccer player it's it's a bunch of prima donnas
2: yes tattooed millionaires as alexi Lawless would say i fuck with that mark that is so awesome
0: <laughs> yeah my, mark my only comment is do you think it might be because all these players you are talking about back in the day they didn't have the deal of social media do you think social media and the changing of like the culture in the world has some effect on this
2: the damn computers
1: i, I think i think it does and i think it's something you can't overlook the fact that social media is such a big presence nowadays that wasn't there before. Um, but at the same time, I feel like you as a player got to be able I mean, like, look at Skulls. Skulls never did an interview when he played. And when he did, it was like one word answers to the point where the press was like, oh, we want to talk to this guy. Because he didn't care that everyone thought he was a great midfielder. He just played because he was, he was worried about where Manchester United is going to end up. Very, then, uh, you know,
0: Bill Belichick interviews, yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. No, that's a good example, yeah. Like, he he didn't care what what people thought. He just wants to win. Where nowadays, it's like all these players are, you know, they want to prove how great they are and how good they are as an individual. It's like, dude, I don't care if they're saying you haven't scored in five weeks. If you're holding up the ball and we're scoring goals and winning, like, whatever. Let them keep saying whatever they want to say. Just keep playing the game, and goals will come, and and you'll do your job. But, you know, all these players are are wanting to stand out as an individual, and I I think that's – you're kind of missing the classic soccer player.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so our next question is: uh, We're it's very Man United uh, oriented uh, interview. Um, so, so, so uh, my my next question is: uh, So, how are you feeling about Manchester United's current form? What are your feelings? This is a very open ended question. You can tackle it however you want. Um, but how are you feeling about Jose Mourinho? The current status of the club? So, just just go ahead. Just lay it on it.
1: So, all right. So, um, for form right now. I think we kicked the season off how I was always wanting Man U to kick the season off since Sir, Sir Ferguson left. And then we kind of hit cruise control. And then now it's just, I've not been impressed. And And I think one of the biggest things that Man U doesn't have and hasn't had for a while is a back four that is is worth talking about. I mean, I think about like Ferguson days. Like you look at Evra... Uh, Ferdinand Vidic, like people are like, holy crap, there's no way we're gonna get through this wall of a defense. But it's now it's like Phil Jones, Chris Smalling. Uh, I mean, I don't oh, know. It's only, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it, they're not. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think Chris Smalling's terrible. I don't think Phil Jones is terrible. But I just don't think they're. They're the ones to hold the back line for a team like Man United.
0: It's like Fellaini. Like, when I see Fellaini, I don't think he deserves to wear that jersey. I'm saying I'm not saying Phil Jones or Chris Smalling aren't great, good players. I'm just saying they're not Man United players. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think I think that's the the problem is that we keep settling for good enough and not like. What is Man United? And, and I think that's been a common theme with managers too. it's like you know they always talk about Fergie time. And you look at some of the teams that Sarks Ferguson won with. He had no reason of, of having a chance at a hell of winning some of those games, but he pulled it off because he didn't. He didn't settle for anything other than a win. Or I feel like some of these managers are like, oh, we can draw now, and oh, let's just park the bus and see if you can get a counter. And it's like, no, dude. You're Man United. You're not You're not like Cardiff. Like, freaking push it up. Get the ball in the, the box and start putting in goals.
2: Yeah, and that's and, something we've really been lacking this year. We don't seem to have any type of leadership on the field. Um, because, oh, no, not at all. Like in 2008, we had Ryan Giggs. We had Rio Ferdinand, whose leadership was unparalleled. And we don't have that central leader who can yell at these players. We don't have a Roy Keane. And it... Just doesn't seem like the manager is into it to win it all, to give everything, to give one hundred percent, leave the blood on the field. But, these, but I think that goes that goes back to that whole classic footballer conversation we're yep, just having. Is is that was? I mean, you looked at Gerard and you're like, that dude will run his team. You look at Roy Keane, you're like, no one wants to talk back to Roy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Roy Keane will fuck
2: like, you might, up. You see what I'm saying? Like, you had
1: all these players that were like, holy crap! All right, yeah, dude, you're in charge. Where nowadays it's like, all right, well. You're talking about toughing it out, and I watch you dive and lose the ball and try to do something fancy, and, I mean, honestly, this, going back to Man United, why I think Paul Pogba isn't in the conversation with Tony Cruz and and Luka Modric
2: is because he tries to do too much fancy crap. Agreed, on and off the pitch. Oh, yeah, it's like, you watch Tony
1: Cruz, that dude just does his job and will hit anyone on the foot anywhere in the field.
2: He's
0: like the he's most vanilla – he's, he's, he's a very <laughs> vanilla player, I'm just going to say. And I like that, you know, very, like, system-oriented. I don't want to hear a peep about him. I don't I don't know but, anything. Yeah, you know, yeah I mean, but
1: that's the thing is, is, is Tony Cruz goes, look, I'm on a team with Cristiano Ronaldo. And, and no matter how well I play, I'm not going to be in the spotlight. And he's he knows his job is to feed the monsters up front that are going to put the goals away. So he just sits back and keeps playing these beautiful balls in. And then every year he's in the – the, the UEFA team of the year because he does his job really well he doesn't care about the individual flash he's worrying about the team winning the game where I feel like Pogba you'll watch him play a, a beautiful ball and you're like dude you have the gift to pick anyone on the field and hit him where you want it but then it's like he gets the ball the next time he's like all right I passed it last time let me try to do a like heel flick around this guy and you're like dude mm-hmm. stop just pass the ball
2: yeah, it's like they've forgotten how to play simple, purposeful football. It's all
0: just do your job. Yeah, do like, your job. I, I feel like I'm double check sometimes. <laughs> like I feel like I'm just, just, just go to work, do your, do your fucking job. All right. Uh, so Mark, this we we're get, we've gotten into. This. So what are your thoughts on Josie Mourinho? Do you like him? Do you not? Do you like?
1: Uh, honestly, when when we signed Mourinho, I kind of bit my lip because I wasn't a fan of him when he was at Chelsea.
2: I don't think anybody was. The <laughs>
1: and, but my thing is, all right, so what what are we lacking right now? Players, right? We are lacking big-name players. Since since everyone left house and names like Louis Van Hall and uh, David Moyes aren't going to bring in big-name players because no one wants to play under a manager like that. But Mourinho brings in those players. So that's why we ended up getting like, the Zlatans to come to our team. So that was my thing was like, look, if this guy can bring in some big-name players – I have a feeling he's not going to be out. Because if you if you watch the common trend of Mourinho, comes in a team, first season goes all right. Enough to where they go, all right, he's making progress. Second season or third season, he usually kicks off and has a brilliant season, right? And then the following season, it starts to kind of go bad, and he starts pointing fingers at everyone else. Because that's a Mourinho tactic of, it's never his fault. And you saw it after today's game. He was like, you know, City's got pays for all their players and that's why it sucks to have to deal with it and it's like well dude so are we
0: right now yeah it's like it's almost like it's a 12-step process like i'm at an aa meeting with josie Mourinho.
2: yeah but he's skipped the successful part he skipped the (laughs) jump him to the top (laughs) of the team this is his second fucking year and he's already back in rehab
0: yeah i don't i don't know it it seems like like martin he always equates him to like a bad girlfriend like you're just like it's like everything is your fault even though and he tries to like do a lot of like
1: uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Manipulate, like de- Deception. There's a lot Ooh, of deception. deception. Ooh, Trickery. Yeah. Trickery. Yeah. Well, I just – I want him one time to just mm-hmm. walk in the interview room and go, look, that just was poor all around. It was on me. I made bad calls as the manager. The players, they did their job, but I just – I did not call it like I should have as a manager, and that's on me, and walk out. Never will you ever see Mourinho say that. I mean, like freaking Chelsea, who's bas- blaming the, the, the physio for running out on the field. To try to help out Eden Hazard, it's like, dude, I promise you that the dude running out to help Hazard was not the reason you lost that game.
2: Yo, it was a girl. Check yourself. Check your privilege, Mark. Uh, It was Eva Longeria or something. Oh shit, that's an actress.
0: (laughs) That was a whole. I forgot. That was a whole court case. Yeah, it was. We should write a blog about that. Never forget. Um. So, alright Let's. So the the reason you brought this up, you you were messaging me, um, and we're so excited to have you on the pod. Thank you once again. Um. The question is, you uh, a week ago said the 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 Premier League race is not over. So so you, I want I want you to convince me why I shouldn't watch like La Liga or Syria or Serie Un or Bundesliga, which are all very close leagues. <laughs> that was a bad joke. All right, so I didn't so, even get it because <laughs> because they're, they're all winning by like twenty points in all the. Oh. so so um so tell me why do you do you still believe that the title race is not over?
1: So. My belief has gone down since I last messaged you because, you know, we had just come off that loss to City, and I go, all right, boys, we're 11 points behind. Shit spot to be in, but not impossible to come back from, right? Because 11 points sucks, but if you look at City's schedule, and this is what made me spark that, and I go, "Ah, I can't say it's over yet. So if you look at their schedule, they play pretty much Everyone that's fighting relegation for like six weeks, right? Yeah, like I, I think I think City's winning streak is going to go on for a little bit, but then they go Champions League, Arsenal, Chelsea, Champions League, right? So, so Chelsea and games. Champions
0: League is the top <laughs> one. Got it. All right. Well, it's just you—you you
1: gotta maintain fitness for a while with players, and you can't you can't go. All right, we'll put in half our backups against Swansea because you know they're fighting just to to get a goal. And then we'll, we'll then amp everyone up when we play Champions League. No, like they're going to go Champions League and then turn around and have to face Arsenal. And then right after Arsenal, turn around and face Chelsea. And then right after Chelsea, turn around and play Champions League again. So you're either going to tire your players out trying to win the league games and sacrifice being kicked out of Champions League, which isn't going to settle for Pep Guardiola. Or you're going to play Champions League and settle for a draw or a loss against... Uh, Arsenal or Chelsea or both so they do that and then they go back to you know middle bod- bottom uh, teams and if they're still in the Champions League they're going to have to throw Champions League and then they go Man U Tottenham back to back so you see what I'm saying like I-, I was looking at this and go man you know it- it's-, it's not going to be easy and part of what made me say this is a chance is if Man U maintains the status quo and just holds right behind them, and then waits for City to to slip up or rest the players on the wrong game, you know, try to rest them against Stoke City, and then Stoke City all of a sudden like kicks off and they they score two goals and then park the bus, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think the of, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying a lot of things crazy happen in the Premier League. That's why everyone loves the Premier League. Is that you think you have it written, and then all of a sudden it gets turned over on its head?
0: Like, Her- like, so. like Tottenham. Yeah, they yeah, that. yeah. That sounds right. Yeah.
2: So. Oh yeah. The only thing, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I'm wholly and deeply into a depression about Manchester United right now. So my outlook is not looking great right now.
0: Right. To, it's in Arsenal.
2: It play. is. It's bad. So they play, City plays uh, Chelsea and Arsenal back to back. And then they play Champions League. But they're only playing FC Porto in the Champions League. They're going to wreck shit there. Um, And then they also play United and Tottenham back-to-back. That's four games right there. Say they lose every single game. They're still going to win the league by one point. They're 13 points ahead. It's still not looking great.
1: This is when we were 11 points behind. Yeah, now we're 13. You're 11 points. Really shit, but... If you hold it and you just keep steadily winning games and keep playing, Man City's going to slip up at one point and you just close the gap even more. So you put the pressure on them more, right? So then they're like, all right, well, now we can't rest players because now Man U's not 11 points behind. They're 8 points behind. And then, you know, Man U wins another one where they draw. It's like, all right, now they're not 8 points behind. They're 6 points behind. So you see what I'm saying? It's like you start putting the pressure back on City. But we go, what? Loss, loss, draw.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, it was a it, loss against Bristol City. I don't mean to bring up old wounds, yeah, Kevin. This I'm, is twice okay, in the okay, two yeah, hours yeah, yeah, since yeah, yeah. I've been so home. It was a draw to Leicester, and then today, a draw at the old Burn Burnley. old Sean Dyke, Sean Dyke. <laughs> another ginger. Oh uh, so who? Well, okay, this is a better question. This, I, um, who? So you're saying there's a chance? That's what you're saying. Um, uh, <laughs> well,
1: there was 11 points ago, 15 now. I'm I'm a little skeptical if that theory still holds. <laughs>
0: Okay, so th- let's end this on let's this on a good note. Um, uh, I'm a ginger, you're a ginger, Mark. We're we're a couple of gingers. Who is the greatest ginger of all time? So the GGOAT, the goat <laughs> in the Premier League. Uh, I am. You mean currently or or all? Oh, time we're time. talking all time. I'm saying Paul Scholes, but Sean Dyche yeah. for me is right behind him right
1: now. I, I, I'm gonna say Paul Scholes for
2: sure. I'm gonna Paul back Scholes, it up as can't. a non ginger and say Paul Scholes. Okay,
1: you you don't get Non-ginger. to talk about us like that. You,
2: it's only between us. I'm praising the ginger. I don't know. That
1: that may be considered racist, and I kind of suggest you edit this out. <laughs> well, You're non-gingers talking about gingers. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty horrible. Um, yeah, um,
0: I, yeah. I probably go uh, Paul Scholes, um, probably Kevin De Bruyne, a little KDB, and then Sean Dyche. But Sean Dyche, I think he's right there with Pep Guardiola for coach or manager of the year. I think what he's done with Dude. the team he's had, he's it's it's incredible.
1: Yeah, you take a team like that, that high up in the table, you, you got job security um, for sure.
2: I mean, and no mobility. them
1: to do anything except don't get relegated. And they did more than that. They're sitting up with the, the big dogs, acting like they know what's going on.
0: Yeah, they almost passed Arsenal again um, today, so they came very close. But, Mark, I, I just want to say thank you again. You're dropping knowledge. You're dropping bombs in the Air Force. We can't appreciate you enough for coming on
2: the podcast. Thank you.
1: I appreciate you guys for having me on. I love talking soccer. Don't get to do it enough with awesome. some of these less knowledgeable soccer people. <laughs>
2: awesome. It was great having you, man.
1: Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself.